Tuesday, December 12th. Welcome, welcome here to the Plus. It is great to have you. Thank you for coming on by. Uh, more and more people are choosing each and every day to check out what we're doing over here, and I thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, notify, all those good things. It means an awful lot to the system if you do, and we are going to be talking about the system of a Shanahan here in just a moment. We got a good show for you today. We got some interesting things to talk about with you today. We've got um, another NFL quarterback down for the year going down today with surgery, which is going to set up another bad Thursday night game. We've got the maybe most unwelcome new alcoholic beverage in the land to talk about. I don't think it's going to be a sponsor here, but uh, we will uh, we'll get to all of that today. Let me start by thanking you, though, welcoming you here, and letting you know that the loyalty that is on full display from you guys are just, it's incredible. First of all, attendance is not mandatory. You use the show when it's convenient for you. Michelle Haberman says, good morning, everyone. Don't think I can pluse it up with you today, but have fun. People are coming on by to let us know they can't hang out in the chat room. That is how tight-knit the chat room really is. You guys are all awesome. We're going international, baby. San Bruno Mike says, I'm at an airport in Costa Rica. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. In the meantime, I'll catch up before I'm, I'm boarding. Look, we're, we're on an airport in Costa Rica. Let me tell you, neither 95.7 The Game nor KNBR is on in an airport in Costa Rica today. So that's the power of YouTube. Thank you very much, Mike. Safe travels to you. La Profesora, again, she's got kids to teach. She's got grades. She's got finals to grade. She's a busy woman. So she just pops in and drops a like before she even goes to her 11 a.m. meeting. She's liking something she can't even attend. That is loyalty. That is a being among the initiated. It truly is. And the white wine sipper says, Damon, all I want to do is call and talk to you. I just want to chat. Well, Sports Phone Friday is coming, white wine sipper, and that's the day I hope that when I share the link for you to dial on in, you'll come on in and we'll all be talking to each other on Sports Phone Friday. So all of that is happening in the near future because this is the system that we're now all in. We're over here in the YouTube system. Am I a system broadcaster? Am I a system quarterback? Now that I'm in this new system, I'm not on that radio system anymore. I guess I'm a system broadcaster because here I am at another system. What do we got going on here? Old Dirty Hungus, Damon, you just accidentally spoke part of the reason why you are the new hotness in this market. You said we. You're inclusive. Too many exclusive assholes in sports talk. Yeah, this is all us together. I'm not kidding when I say it's an actual community. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. It's incredible. And we're going to be really talking to each other on a sports phone Friday with video calls. So it is something special over here. And I got to be honest with you, I'm enjoying this system more than any other system I was ever offered by any radio station I was on. This is a true connection that you get to make with people. And it's it's happening. It's all really happening. Again, I said no more, no, no, no more uh, growth updates, dude. We're we're fifty subscribers away from fourteen thousand. So you know, TikTok, TikTok just keeps on climbing up. Thank you so very, very much. You know, nobody comes up to me and says, Damon. You know, okay, so you got nearly fourteen thousand subscribers. That's impressive. But you know, what would be more impressive if you did it without a camera. If you did it without a laptop computer, if you did it without this microphone or this processor over here, could you do it without electricity? Do you think you could do your show on YouTube, Damon, without electricity? Because if you were really great at this, you'd be able to do it, what, just screaming it from your porch and people would set up shop out in your front lawn and just listen to you sitting on a lawn chair. Like, that's ridiculous. Of course, no one says that. No one offers that up as a parameter of whether or not I'm good at what I do. But that's what they keep on saying about Kyle Shanahan. Or that's what they keep on saying about Brock Purdy. You know, Brock Purdy, he's really good over here. But if you took him off this football team and you put him somewhere that isn't on a good football team, what happens? Well, something different would happen the same way if you took electricity away from this show right now. Okay. You know, there there would be a much different show without electricity. Without me in this system, things change. All the talk of system kind of drives me nuts. It just feels like a lazy talking point. 
It just feels like low-hanging fruit that sounds like it's well-researched, that sounds like you've really thought about this. I just don't like the word system. What if we replace the word system in any and all football conversations with the word game plan? That sounds an awful lot more specific and tailored to today for this team, against this team, and there is a tailoring to a game plan where system just sounds like something that you could go and buy off the rack at a Walmart. Oh, you know, you need to run a better, uh, more efficient wardrobe. We'll just go pick up this system. This system will allow you to dress better. This system over here will allow you to cook better. This system over here will allow you to enjoy all the streaming shows that you enjoy better on your TV. It's a better system. You can install it anywhere and instantly that place that installs it will run more efficiently and better. System sounds off the rack. System sounds like it could be installed everywhere. In, uh, uninstalled from somewhere and then installed somewhere else. And there's it's going to run the same way no matter where it is. System has kind of been a word that has been co-opted, even though it has no negative connotation, it's been co-opted by a certain group of sports punditry that have now turned it into a negative situation. Without getting political, it's very much like the word liberal. The word liberal has no negative connotation to it. A liberal arts degree just means well-rounded degree. You're going to take a little bit from every tray on the buffet table here in college. That's what liberal arts is. Liberal just means a variety, more than just one way to do it. That's what it means. But it has been so co-opted, you know, and it was really Rush Limbaugh who used the word liberal. I mean, he just made it sound bad, even though it really isn't. But it is framed in a way where it sounds like this word that does not have a positive or negative connotation to it now has this negative connotation to it. Liberal system quarterback. That's what's kind of going on here. It's really odd. It's really odd. So if we replace the word system with game plan, it sounds much more tailored, and I think people would respect it an awful lot more. You know, what if I told you that Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't run a great system, but what he has is a great game plan, and he tailors that game plan week in, week out. Now, this game plan happens to run better with Brock Purdy than it did with any other quarterback that he has had. So how that that then makes Brock Purdy a system quarterback, I really do not know because this suit, which is tailor-made, fits him better than it did the other guys. It had wonky shoulders or the sleeves were too long or the cuffs weren't right. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous that there is a serious, I mean, beating drumbeat to a level of sports punditry where they want a fictitious imaginary degree of difficulty baked into something before they're going to admit that that something is good or legitimate or has some staying power to it. It's crazy. As if it's, it's as if everyone in the, who covers football, maybe not everyone, but so many people who cover football, it's as if, it's as if they've all decided that their imaginary parameters are more important to prove than what the actual goal of football teams has always been. Here's the goal of well-run football teams. Let's hire the best coach we can. Let's hire the best general manager we can. Let's make the best roster decisions we can to put the most talented roster together that is possible. That's the goal. That's the string. Everybody's pulling this way. And then there's this world of sports punditry is like, no, 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 no. I want to see Brock Purdy in a much worse situation before I'm going to admit that he might be good at this. So basically, you're arguing that unless you can succeed in a poorly run operation, you might not be successful or your success isn't predicated on what you do. It's like everyone's forgotten what the goal of sports is. The goal is hire the right people, hire the right free agents, make the right trades, avoid the bad contracts, and put it all together. Hopefully everybody stays healthy, and then you go and win stuff. 
That right there, those steps are so difficult in their own right to get right. The fictitious imaginary other things that now a player needs to prove to me, it's just insane. And I don't know when this happened. I don't know when people started thinking like this. Maybe it really is, you know, Skip Bayless. Maybe it is Colin Cowherd and Nick Wright and First Take and Stephen A. Smith. And instead of using their platforms to make sports conversation more intelligent, they've just dumbed it down to the lowest common denominator to appeal to the most casual idiot fans out there. That the, I mean, I guess that's it. I, maybe I just did explain it. I don't know. Hold on a second. That's the sip of the day right there. The system, the coffee system, the coffee game plan of today. When I put the, the water in the in, in, in the tea kettle, when I started boiling it, when I poured it over my French press, be, with the time that I put it down, I had the right system. It's as if I had been there before each and every morning, knowing how to do it. You're going to hold the coffee or me against it? I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, Damon, if your French press wasn't nearly as good as it was, your coffee wouldn't be so good in the morning. If your beans weren't as good as they are, your coffee is not going to be as good in the morning. If you had an, a bad offensive line, your quarterback isn't going to be as good as he is. If you have bad wide receivers, your Patrick Mahomes isn't going to win games like Patrick Mahomes anymore. How any of this avoids the category of no duh. I don't understand it. Like people are bringing up points that I just have my response is, well, no duh. Like if Brock Purdy were a Carolina Panther, he wouldn't be nearly this good. No duh. If Kyle Shanahan were placed on a really bad team as head coach, I bet you they wouldn't be really this good. Go back to the first two years of them being the 49ers head coach. There's your experiment being run right there. And then what no one wants to give any Kyle credit for is taking a really, really bad NFL team and redoing the entire roster front to back and making it a really good NFL team. People want Kyle to have to go back to the drawing board of his first year and a poorly built team. And what are you going to do with them, Kyle? And if you bring that team to the Super Bowl and still come up short, then we'll criticize you that you didn't have enough to win a Super Bowl. It's just the moving of field goals at all times. This I was thinking about this last night. I mean, you could tell I, I rolled one up and really started thinking, thinking, thinking. It's insane. Old Dirty Hungus, Damon, if you can't enjoy your sip of the day without spilling scalding hot coffee in your lap, then it's just not elite. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you put, Damon, if you put Zach or Kevin Wilson, either Wilson, if you took either Wilson and you put him on the 49ers team, they would easily have four or five fewer wins. Brock is good. Now, if you put Brock right now on the New York Jets, would they have four or five more wins? Would he be succeeding in that system? Could you tailor a perfect game plan for him there? I don't know. Maybe the coach isn't as good. Maybe Salah is more of a defensive guy than offensive guy, so it still wouldn't work for Purdy. Or maybe Purdy really does have translatable, absolutely going to work anywhere skill set, and that team, no matter what team he's on, would instantly get better. But that experiment can't be run. You can only be where you are, right? I mean, I, I think that that's physics, right? You can't occupy two spaces at once. And for that to be the crux of so many arguments, right? For that to be the, well, here's my big boy talking point. I'm going to tell you why what you think about football is wrong based on an imaginary scenario in my head that your guy has yet to qualify and prove. An experiment. I won't say your guy is good at what he does until you run an unrunnable experiment that only exists in an imaginary laboratory in my own head. What the fuck are we doing?
Like, this is why I'm on YouTube now. This is why I am here. And I don't know how much of a great change it's going to make to the national sports conversation. Probably not at all, because in a world of do you want it to be smart or do you want it to be dumb? It feels like we want it to be dumb. I don't. It's why I watch so little sports these days beyond the games themselves. I used to put on ESPN in the morning and wouldn't turn it off until nighttime. Now, I don't even come close to doing that. The only time I put on ESPN is if either uh, a game is on or a team that I'm interested in happens to be playing a live sporting event. I don't stick around for any of these analysis. I don't stick around for any of these moronic, imaginary talking points when I guess what really pisses me off, what, I, what really, really pisses me off is that if we just covered what's actually happening, that should be interesting enough. If we just looked at what is actually happening, and this isn't just about the Niners, this is about any team. Any team covering it in the vacuum of its reality is interesting enough. Why we gotta put all these imaginary bells and whistles and hypothetical bullshit questions attached to everything and everyone, and you know, two games into a career, does he remind you of Tom Brady? Two games into his career, is he as good as Randy Moss? Two games into his career, he's the next Reggie White. Just stop. Stop it. Fucking stop it. Like, what the hell is everyone doing? You know, I, I, I and, and, and it's trickled down to the way people watch and consume sports, and it's ruining people's sporting experiences. I really think it is. Like, I had someone reach out in the comments, and uh, let me tell you, I try to always reach back or at least like or heart or, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice and cutesy in the comment section. It's good for the algorithm, okay? Just because I like something doesn't mean I endorse it. I'm just trying to make the, the system love me. But I had somebody... After last game, you know, say to me, like, hey, this is a really good season and this is a really exciting year for the 49ers. But what I'm worried about is how they're going to go ahead and replace Trent Williams in the offseason. Because if they can't replace Trent Williams in the offseason, if he does retire, uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to protect him? And I wrote back and I just said, D -d -d what, are you, what are you doing? The only person who should lose a, an ounce of sleep over that is, is John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, and neither of them are going to worry about that because that is an off-season away. You're in a regular season in which you are 10-3 and three and you're trying to get a one seed and you want to go to the Super Bowl this year. Don't worry about the off-season. Not yet. It's coming. There'll be a time to address it, but that time is not now. Who thinks like that? Who thinks like that other than someone who's been told, well, you need to think about everything like you're the general manager now. You can't just sit there and root for a team. You have to have general manager concerns and worries in order to, to, to really enjoy this. You need to be worried about Trent Williams' future more than you need to be worried about the 49ers beating the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. What are, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you doing as a fan if that's really, I mean, if that was a really sincere, you know, now some people are just trying to like have an intelligent sports conversation and they want to, they want, they want to go ahead and, 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 uh, and, 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 and just sound like they're, you know, an insider. So I'm going to ask a very heady question that sounds like I've been thinking deeply about that. I'm really worried about Trent Williams. Don't be, don't be. Trent Williams isn't worried about his off season. So you shouldn't be right now. Um, it's it's nuts. It's just nuts. And I don't know why. I don't know how this happened. I really, I, I don't. I don't know if there is like a catalyst moment, an event horizon. I got a lot of people trying to blame this on ESPN. I got people blaming it on hosts and naming hosts. Someone's like, Scott Van Pelt's good. I'll agree with you. Scott Van Pelt is good. You know, um, but it, I, I don't know. I don't know when this happened. I don't know why this happened. And I don't know 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people allowed this to happen. Why do people keep saying yes to shows that are built to be an annoyance and are built to what? Get clicked on or trend more than they're actually built on like, hey, let's just talk about sports here and let's do it in a way that is borderline mature and is absolutely, you know, hitting the bullseye more than just throwing darts at hypothetical questions. Well, what do you think of this? Well, what if this guy did that in this scenario and then wasn't drafted where he was and then on a whole different team with another coach and a a different roster, would he be the same guy? No, no, he wouldn't be the same guy. He wouldn't be exactly who he is here. The same way my marriage wouldn't be the same marriage if I weren't married to Jillian. Do you think your kids would be the same if you had them with a different woman? No, I don't. They would have different DNA, like a team that was that had different draft picks and different rosters and different coaches and different players would have a different DNA. Do you think... If your golden retriever were a dachshund, it would be the same dog. Come on back. We're going to discuss that after the break. Do people who like dog shows say stupid shit like that? I mean, that's like a competition. If you're really into dogs and breeding, like, do, do, do people say things like that? You know, that's a really good wrinkly bloodhound. But would he be as wrinkly if he were, say, a Doberman? Do, do, does anybody have a logical conversation in the world of dog shows that is, a, 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 I, I should have said illogical? You know, do we only have a logical conversations about the NFL because it suits them or, or the NBA because it suits that master? I mean, maybe if there were, maybe if the dog show was a, you know, $25 billion a year industry, you'd have to feed big dog show and the beast of the belly at all times. And you would have to eventually get to the, well, you know, if dachshunds weren't short and long, they really wouldn't be dachshund show. But did you want that show? Does anybody want that show? Is that show going to make anybody more intelligent or like dachshunds more or less? By the way, I'm pro dachshund. I like dachshunds, funny little wiener dogs. You can't find a dog that looks better in a sweater than a dachshund. You really can't. What if that, what if that sweater were on a King Charles Cavalier, uh, 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 schnauzer? What if it were on one of them little Scotty dogs, like from Lady and the Tramp? Oh, that's a bonnie, bonnie bone. What, what, you know, what? What if Snuffle What if Snuffleupagus looked more like a donkey? Kids don't sit around and break down Sesame Street like that. They're just happy to see Snuffleupagus. Can't we just be happy to see Brock Purdy? <laughs> it's, I, it's just nuts. I don't understand how conversation just turned galactically stupid when there's actually like really interesting things to talk about. And so it, 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 it right here, true blue forever straight out of revenge, revenge of the nerds to nerds in paradise when they're on the Island and they're looking for, you know, the, the military cachet. They hadn't quite found it yet, but they, we've got Bush. And Booger sees that there's marijuana on the island. So they twist it up where they got this rolling paper on the island. I do not know. But again, you got to suspend some reality if you're just going to sit down and enjoy Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. But they're all high as kites and they're laying around the campfire An ogre famously asks, what if D-O-G spelled cat? And the nerds in the moment were like, yeah, that's that's really out there. Because they were talking in the moment with 
former New York City comedian Barry Sobel, who I believe has a, a part in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. We could, we could do an entire show on Revenge of the Nerds, too, if you want. We could do that. I got the wrong thumbnail for that today. But yeah, what if, what if D-O-G spelled C-A-T? Now my dog is a system dog. Smiley, Smiley Dan is a system dog. You know, he just, he, he, all he wanted was a dog, but he got himself a system dog. Damon, have, have you seen a dog show? It's a little ridiculous, bro. It, it is. It is. But they're not having ridiculous conversations like, what if this herding group were actually more like the toy group? Which group is better? What if you took a rat terrier and, and you know, again, I'm going too far with the dog thing. But look, it's just, and I do, Erwin, you're right. Dobies are smart dogs. Michael Chan. What if God was one of us coming up after the break? It's just, it's, just, it's crazy. I, do, I don't understand it. Isn't the whole point of being a sports fan leaning into and admiring what we're seeing by these world-class athletes who some of them are lucky enough to find themselves in a good situation or system. And then you want to hold, hold it against that player. A player who is in a bad situation, gets ripped because they're not individually good enough to make an entire bad situation better all by themselves. But if they're in a good situation, then that gets held against them. How does this make any sense? By the way, if we got Carl Kelsick in the chat today, Carl Kel is Carl Kelsick in the chat today? Hello, Carl. I can't scroll here, but I think someone here, the Barry Sobel girls, see, you know, this is why it works between us. It really, really does. <laughs> Damon, we could do a whole show on Revenge of the Nerds' laugh alone. Uh, what if Montana wore his hat backwards? Mountain Cat. Exactly. What if that happened? What if that happened? Would anyone have asked him about it? I don't know. Could we do, we could do a whole show on just the nerds laughing. <laughs> yeah, totally. We could. T from the 203. Are English Bulldogs a running back or a fullback? Put it on the pole. Very good. By the way, the answer is clearly fullback. What are you talking about? Bad question. Clickbait. Clickbait. Clickbait question. <laughs> it's just our, our world has been designed for the dumbest among us. I don't understand it. I don't I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't the people who showed up don't the people who showed up to watch and cover sports, like like sports, don't they actually want to talk about what's actually happening, not all this imaginary bullshit swirling about what might be? It's crazy. This is why I'm so happy that you're here, so happy that you found me, because we're going to try to be less stupid. That's the goal. It's an ambitious goal. Let's just be less stupid. Will, Purdy's backwards hat is like Obama's tan suit. Yeah, it's like you got nothing left to talk about, so you're just going to criticize what you can easily see. Was Julius Caesar a system emperor? Absolutely. Absolutely he was. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Dumbing down is how you make people feel equal. That's the problem, Baron Red. We are not all equal. 
Not everybody reads at the same pace, can do the same calculus, can do the same trigonometry, can read at this level. Chaucer is not for everyone, you know? I mean, and 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 the fact that we got to be like, no, 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 you can't read Chaucer. You have to read Dr. Seuss. All due respect to Dr. Seuss. But it's it's nuts. We live in a world that mocks you know, education that tries to, you know, oh, you went to college? What, do you think you're special? No, I, I don't think I'm special. I'm just, just, just trying to learn things. So as I go through life, I can be more productive, more interesting, better informed. That's all this is. My education really has nothing to do with the statement about you. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. Just doing this for me. Carl Kelsick is in the room. <laughs> Let me tell you, Carl brought me a plate on Thanksgiving back in like 2006 while I was working a radio station. And I will never forget Carl Kelsick. I love you, Carl. Love the family. Give everyone my best. Give Sharon a kiss for me. Damon, all the people thought you were a radio system broadcaster. Now I'm on the YouTube system. It's nuts. Let me say thank you to a few people who make this system possible, making an actual profitable system over here, starting with our sponsor, Ike. For today's lunch, I am, I'm getting an Adam Richman. I'm going to go upstairs and order an Adam Richman when the show is over. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to share it with you. It's a delicious sandwich. It's got a chicken breast on it. It's got some ham on it. It's got pesto. It's got Godfather sauce. I like mine with onions. Uh, hold the tomato. Little lettuce on there. Love the Adam Richman. So delicious. That's what I'm going to get for lunch today. I'm going to get it from Ike's. I'm going to use my Ike's Rewards app, and I'm going to earn my way to free sandwiches, which is what you should be doing as well. You definitely, when you decide that you want to make a play or two this upcoming sporting weekend, go to mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON for 50% off a deposit match up to $1,000. Mybookie.ag. My friends have a casino waiting for you. You can play blackjack. You can play poker. You can play slot machines over at mybookie.ag, along with all the sports, gambling, accoutrement, parlays, teams, over on everything, and prop bets, anything you could think of. They've got more of it than you could even imagine at mybookie.ag. And as always, my knee feels great today because of Dr. Paul Hughes. He had some DNA platelet replacement. I don't know what he did. He took fat out of my fat ass and he spun it in a centrifuge and he injected it into my knee and my knee feels like it just got back from vacation and it's got tan lines and looking real good. My knee feels fantastic because of the procedure that is going to allow me to avoid partial or full knee replacement surgery. If you have someone talking about surgery with you, go to orthopedicsurgeries.com to find all the information you need about Dr. Paul Hughes, who could help you avoid an orthopedic surgery. Those are my people. Those are my guys right there. And we always got love for uncle boys. Everyone knows that. We'll hear from them again on Friday. It's a system cheeseburger. <laughs> well, their system also has lumpia. So that makes their system special. Could you succeed without the lumpia? What if we took the lumpia out of the system? Is Uncle Boy still Uncle Boy's? Are they still a Filipino sensation? It's kind of nuts. Another NFL quarterback is done for the year, for the season. The Chargers have lost Justin Herbert, who's going to have season-ending finger surgery. It's been a rough year for the Chargers. It, you know, all 19 Chargers fans out there, I feel bad for you. I really do. It's hard to root for the Chargers to have success after what they did to the city of San Diego. The same way it'll always be hard to root for the 
the the A's to have any success after what they've done to Oakland. The same way it's kind of hard to root for Raiders to have success. And this brings me to what is happening on Thursday night. Because Justin Herbert's, look, with Justin Herbert, the Chargers can be a tough watch. Without Justin Herbert, um, again, they've got Thursday night football at the Raiders. The Raiders are just coming off a 3-0 defeat at home to the Minnesota Vikings, the first team to ever lose a 3-0 game in a dome, the first team to ever lose 3-0 without weather being a major part of that day's storyline. To lose 3-0 inside of your own dome is almost as Raiders as it gets. Almost. But there is, there's always another level to Raiderdom. There is. There's always another level to Raiderdom. And if you are a Raider fan, I think we've all settled our differences. You know that I'm not rooting against you. I'm just covering you in the reality in which you exist. And the reality in which all Raiders fans exist is if there's a way to make it worse, it always gets worse. It never really gets better beyond a day, beyond a game, beyond a, oh, John Gruden's going to victory lap the bus around Arrowhead. How's that going to turn out for everyone when it's all said and done? Again, not good. Losing 3 nothing at home to the Minnesota Vikings is one thing. Another thing on top of that would then be to lose to Easton Stick five days after getting shut out at home, 3 nothing by the Minnesota Vikings. Lose to the Chargers at home to Easton Stick, filling in for Justin Herbert. That is peak Raiders. I don't know if we could get more Raiders than that in 2023. So I'm kind of rooting for it to happen. Just to say that I saw it with my own two eyes. Let the Raiders lose to Easton Stick. That would be freaking freaking amazing. Um, one last NFL story, and it's really not one I even need to share with you, but it's interesting. And it speaks to the power of the system that Larry Kruger and I are now in. We've been asked by the 49ers to rename 49ers Wake Up something else. And we're going to go along with that because Larry and I are considering taking it beyond just football season and turning it into maybe possibly the biggest morning show ever coming out of the Bay Area. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that since the the word, like there's 49ers Web Zone, there's 49ers Podcast, there's four, there are content creators and people using 49ers moniker at the beginning of their show. There's, there's dozens of them, but there's only one that KNBR is losing sleep over and it's ours. There's no doubt in my mind that KMBR called the Niners and said, could you please to ask Damon and Larry to stop calling it 49ers wake up because no one's listening to our morning show when those two guys are on the air together on Mondays and Fridays and 95.7 the game can't make that call because they're not partners with the Niners, but they're shitting their pants too. Larry Kruger and I are the biggest sports talk radio station in San Francisco whenever we're broadcasting together. We get more of an audience than 95.7 the game and KNBR combined probably shouldn't have let us go. So it's nice to know that KNBR is paying full attention to the absolute pasting that we're giving them. And it's good to know that the 49ers are listening too now. So I think we're going to change the name of the show to You Radio Stations Can Suck Our Dick. Good morning. Does that got a nice snappy ring to it? All you radio stations can suck our dick. Good morning. That's a really strong name for a show, don't you think? (laughs) What if we really did change it to that? (laughs) Suck our dicks morning show. It it might be popular. It really might be very popular. No, I think we're going to go with 49ers wake up or or we're just going to go with wake up with Damon and Larry or something. We're we're, going to tweak it. We're going to figure it out. But very interesting. The Niners aren't asking anybody else, any other group of content creators to, uh, to to go ahead and remove that from their title, but they're asking us to, which means we're dangerous. 
which means we're scaring the shit out of them. And we should be. Because on the day that 95-7, the game folds its tent and disappears, on the day where maybe even that happens to KNBR, Larry Kruger and I will literally be on the air laughing. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something else? In 10 weeks, we have become more relevant than both radio stations in this town combined. Little old me, little old Larry. Just two guys sitting at home with an internet connection and a laptop. Kicking billion-dollar companies' asses. Isn't that something else? You know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to call the 49ers and say, what are you going to give us? What are you going to give us? You know, I mean, you know, like ultimately it is your brand. It is your trademark. If you wanted to get all cease and desisty and lawyered up on us, you would win that battle. But you're not doing it against anybody else. What are you going to do for us? What are you going to give us? I think I'm going to call my friend Bob Sargent down at the 49ers and say, you know what I want? Beyond some exclu- exclusive player interviews to join us. I want a Niners helmet and not one of those bullshit replica helmets. I mean, you could give this to Fred Warner and he can go in and play football and I'm not going to spend the $500 on it. I think the, I'm, I think the Niners, they, they, need, they owe me a helmet. I think I'm going to get a helmet and I'm going to put it behind me. I think that's fair, right? Yeah, I'll play ball, but you got you got you, you got to give something to get something. You're looking for cooperation. Let's work it. Isn't that something else, though? Larry, you are so right. KNBR's insecurity is loud. Here's the thing, though. It's not just KNBR being insecure. It's KNBR knowing that they're being hunted by the two biggest fucking apex predators in the market. And that's what Larry and I are. We are apex predators, and all these little guppies are about to be eaten alive by us. They can't hang with us. They can't. The audience decides Who's the fucking man? And the audience is deciding by the game, by the show, who the men are. And they ain't, they ain't on either radio station. That's for sure. Wake up San Francisco. The golden hour. You should, how about this? Albert says, you should call it Lee Hammer says no. I was thinking, I was joking around. Larry and I were talking about this this morning. I thought, you know what would be funny? We should change the name of the show to Sports Phone with Murph and Mac. <laughs> be like, you guys aren't using those names anymore? You, you guys don't want that anymore? We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll use that. We're going to call it Sports Phone with Murph and Mac and the Razor and Mr. T, Gary Radnich, Tony Bruno special. I'd say we could name it after a uh, a, a show on 95.7, The Game That Meant Something, but the name of that show was Damon and Ratto. But isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Didn't take very long. Didn't take very long. To get on everybody's radar and make everybody worry. We are 10 weeks into a football season and we got a flagship station of an NFL team shitting its pants. Calling their NFL. Can you guys please call them and ask them to change the name of their show, please? Because no one listens to us when they're not, when they're on the air talking together. Damon, love love of it. We got Peter over here says, Grant has over 70,000 subs, you chest pumper. Let me tell you right now, he's been at it for five years. Congratulations to him. If I have 70,000 subs five years from now, I want you to come to my house and shoot me in the fucking head because I'm a galactic failure. Five years from now, when I'm on YouTube for five years, I'm going to have a half a million subs. Are you kidding me? 70,000 subs five years in. You must suck at what you do. 
That's nothing to be proud of at all. Good God. Damon, call it the morning sip of the day. A lot of good ideas. Carl. Carl Buschik. Just dropping fire. Carl knows what's up. Maximum sports talk. Again, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether or not KNBR really made that call, but I bet you they did. I bet you they did. Well, isn't that something? I just uh, that's that to me just lets me know it's working. What about wake up, bitches? Again, uh, we'll, we'll probably go with something a little bit better. Call it the Radnich Hour. The Golden Hour sounds too much like Golden Shower. I would agree with you there, Werewolves of Sanger. I would agree with you there. I think we're, I think we're just going to call it Wake Up with Damon and Larry. And that way, we're not tied to any city. We're not tied to any team. We're not tied to any season. It's very generic. And it will apply to us, what, doing a morning show five days a week maybe when the New Year's starts and just crushing this market and altering it forever? Because once we come after morning show sponsors and show what real sponsorship value looks like, there's nobody going to be doing any business with any radio station ever again. They're going to be like, what are you charging? And these guys got more viewers than you do? It's unbelievable. Good question here from Brandon. Does using my iPhone make me a system masturbator? Only in public. <laughs> oh. Does KNBR own the moniker the sports leader? I don't know if they if they, did they copyright that? I don't know. I don't know. Plus 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 plus. Thank you very much Quincy. That's what that's that's what we are. The plus The good, the bad, and the truth. That should be like, you know, whatever the show's title name is, and then that should be like the under title parentheses title. That's not bad. Wake up with Bruce and Kruger. Again, someone's like, call it turf talk. Call, call it wake and bake. The first sip with Damon and Larry. The morning beater. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Richards, why don't you just go with wake the hell up? These are good ideas. Thanks for the workshop. Thanks. Thanks for the workshop. So enough of that. I just thought I'd share kind of an interesting story there. It makes you realize that what we're doing here is instantly on the radar of entities that are much bigger than us, that are so afraid of this, they're pissing their pants. I love it. Absolutely love it. Again, to think if both these radio stations just had Larry Kruger and Damon Bruce employed. Oh, they both did, and they let them both go, and here you are. Oh, boom. 
little super chat from True Blue Forever. Ten bones. Here's how you know Damon's doing something right. I ain't a Niners fan, yet I show up here every day, sometimes at the detriment of my own productivity. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, True Blue Forever. Thank you so much for being here, man. Really appreciate you. I didn't even know that you weren't a like a, a Niners fan. I didn't know that. Thanks for hanging out. All right. The other thing that I wanted to get to in this show here today is um, at, at, the, at the detriment of everyone watching right now who is here for 49ers and uh, me pumping my chest or whatever whatever that was. Um, I want to talk about Shohei Otani and this contract. And I'm, I'm going I'm, to I want to start by saying Shohei has done nothing wrong. And the Dodgers have done nothing wrong, I guess. But what is wrong is that they're allowed to operate like this with a loophole that allows them to really pay Shohei Otani $2 million a year for 10 years and then come back and offer him $68 million over the next 10 years after that. He does have $700 million guaranteed coming to him, but to only have $20 million paid over the first decade, that feels like there is a level of unfair there that allows teams to just, it just, it, it, look, there's nothing that's ever been fair or equal about baseball. The whole thing is asymmetrical, but good God, like, leave it to Major League Baseball to actually create a path that allows me to now hate Shohei Otani. Like, that's how bad baseball is at this. They've even now turned most of America against Shohei Otani. It's just, it's a contract to, to defer. It's one thing to defer a little bit of money. It's another thing entirely to defer 97% of your salary. To defer 97% of the salary just feels wrong. $2 million a year for a decade, followed by $68 million a year for the decade after that. I'm going to tell you right now, if this whole thing is about like, well, you got a tax shelter there and Shohei Otani can move somewhere else and out of the state of California and he'll only be taxed on the $2 million, not the 60. The entire in the entirety of his $700 million should be taxed and stayed in state in California, no matter where he lives. So from a tax standpoint, if they're getting around this with that, that's gross, right? California should be able to tax him for every penny of that $700 million because whether or not he was paid that, he earned it in this decade playing for him. He's not earning it in the decade after he's done playing for them. So, you know, it's just nuts. Otani's going to 1,000% earn $700 million over the next 20 years. It's fully guaranteed. His deal is $237.5 million more than any other contract in the history of baseball. But the way that it's set up for the Dodgers and the way that money today is worth more than money tomorrow and the way that interest rates are and the way that teams overall values go up massively year after year after year. Like I've seen economists and look, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an economist. I'm not a finance guy. I, I couldn't explain to you how this works, but baseball is actually valuing Otani's contract at more of, it'll actually cost the Dodgers 460 million theoretical dollars more than it's going to cost them the 700 million actual dollars. And this is really a deal for about $46 million a year than it is for $70 million a year. And since the Dodgers are only getting thumped over the next decade for $2 million a year, what they can still add Yamamoto and they can still add what Cody Bellinger, if they wanted him, like they can, they, they, they can just go and get as fat as they want while other teams what, have no ability to, to to do this? Like, it just, it doesn't make much sense to me. It just doesn't. And I don't even know what I'm complaining about other than this whole thing just seems like unfair. A team's accounting department shouldn't be at the center of whether or not they are totally successful or unsuccessful. Um, $2 million for Shohei Otani while the Giants are lump sum paying Mitch Hanniger $19 million. You're telling me that the Giants got to pay Mitch Hanniger $17 million more than the Dodgers are paying Shohei Otani this year? 
Like, it just feels like that way of doing business should not be available for any team in baseball. You got a 10-year deal. You're paying your player over 10 years. The the lump sum of that money's got to be in that 10-year window. Signing Shohei Otani should be punitive to other decisions that you're making around that signing, and you shouldn't just pull off, put off all the punitive damage so far down the road that you'll be able to pay for it with compound interest. Like, it just sounds nuts to me. It sounds nuts. The minimum salary, Major League Baseball. So you're in a you're a minor leaguer. You're kicking it around in the minor league system. Congratulations, young man. You're getting called up to the big leagues. It doesn't matter what your minor league salary is. The minute you are a major leaguer, you make the major league minimum. The major league minimum is seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars. In other words, Shohei Otani gets to join the Dodgers and they get to do business around him in the lineup because he's only making $1.22 million more than the major league minimum. That it again, they didn't do anything wrong, but the whole thing feels wrong. The whole thing feels wrong. Like if Shohei Otani were seriously paying for just $2 million this year, why didn't the A's go after him and promise him to be an owner somewhere down the road of the Las Vegas franchise? Like it just, it does not. Major league owners have concocted a system that is so lopsided and favors such a small handful of teams and does a disservice to everyone else. I, it's, it's just gross. It's gross. You want to pay a player $700 million over 10 years, God bless you. Congratulations to all involved. But you should actually have to pay that over those 10 years. You know, well, Bobby Bonilla deferred that money. We're talking like a million dollars a year he kicked down the road. Not $68 million a year. Shohei Otani every July first is going to make $68 million a decade from now. And maybe that'll sting the way the Dodgers are doing business then, but probably not, or they wouldn't have set it up this way. You know, Otani's more than going to pay for himself in four or five years of this contract, which is the business that you get to do around him. It's just, uh, uh, again, I, I don't think that this is unfounded. Cal Kiwi says calling MLB a sport right now is dubious. It is. It's, it's, it, this is another great observation from LW. MLB is making its own subprime mortgage crisis. It is. It's like they're doing, they're doing tranches. It's it's crazy, but it's it's crazy. Look, I'm no financial economist. I cannot sit down and explain to you how any of this actually works or is fair. But the whole thing on its surface of you're paying for a player and the paying of this player should affect the business that is done around this player while they're on your roster, it feels like it should be more punitive to the Dodgers to sign a player of this ilk for this price. It's weird. It's weird. Again, a team's accounting department shouldn't be privy to these loopholes that allow the Dodgers to do this. And because the Dodgers are doing this and didn't do it with what? Mookie Betts' $368 million deal whenever he signed that thing or whatever that was. Now Freddie Freeman, what he's making. You got the Dodgers with three former MVPs in their lineup. None of those MVPs won in a Dodgers uniform. Betts won his MVP with the Red Sox. Freddie Freeman won his with the Braves. And now you got Shohei Otani, who clearly won his with the Angels. UL Carter says, mmm, sour grapes. Look, I mean, how could how, how, 
how look, I don't think this is sour grapes as much as it just feels like just you shouldn't be able to operate that way. That shouldn't be the way teams are allowed to set up and operate, but that is it. And now I don't understand why the John, here's the thing. If it's, we're going to give you $700 million over the next 20 years, why don't the Giants come on and say, well, we'll give you $700 million over 10? 70 million a year to you right there, up front. There you go. And it's just the precedent that is now set. Every single team in baseball is going to be looking for a deal like this going forward. And it just, I don't know, it just, it feels like you're, you're, you know, it's like uh, you're, you're leaving your kids in a whole bunch of debt that you don't care about because you'll be dead. I mean, there is something beautiful about the NFL that doesn't allow teams to operate like this. Everybody's got X amount of dollars to spend. You spend them however you want, but not a penny over that. Not a penny over that. You all get this pie chart. You get this. Everyone gets the same round pie. How you want to slice this up and serve it to your roster, that's up to you. But this is your. This is what you get to operate with, and this is it. Major League Baseball has got teams that are operating with this, operating with this, operating with this, operating with this, operating with this. It's, it's ridiculous. How is this all the same sport? How is this the same sport? How are the A's and the Dodgers actually going to play a baseball game against each other and say, yeah, this is all Major League Baseball. This is the same thing out here. This, this team and that team, same fucking thing. It's not. The truth is, all owners, all owners could have afforded Shohei Otani if this is the way you're allowed to do business. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors are going to Phoenix tonight, and they're going to lose to the Suns if they keep playing so sloppy and if Steve Kerr keeps ignoring what he's actually seeing with his own two eyes, that I've got players who are not producing, yet I continue to favor them in the lineup and with minutes over players that are producing. Why? Because these guys are my favorite Suns, and these guys have yet to earn favorite Sun status. That's what's going on here. You know, when we talk about really what screwed up the Warriors, you want to know what screwed up the Warriors more than anything else? Kevin Durant leaving. Like the whole point of this, this all keeps rolling and stays together if Kevin Durant really stays. Kevin Durant leaves and now the Warriors are just, you know, they'd be favored as NBA champions if Kevin Durant were still on the goddamn team, but he ain't. Kevin really screwed up the plans of the Warriors. He really did. He screwed things up. And tonight, I bet you he and Devin Booker beat the Golden State Warriors because the Warriors, you know, they got a young player like Trace Jackson Davis who could actually make a difference in a one-possession game because he rebounds, and um, and he gets coached DNPs. And now I want I, I want there to be no misunderstanding. I am actively rooting for the Warriors to lose every single game in which Trace Jackson Davis gets a coach DNP. I want them to lose that game. That's the way I feel about it. That's the way I feel about it. So there you go. We'll see what they do tonight. I feel like we've been in the chat. We've been all over you guys talking all show long. And I actually got a lunch planned with a buddy of mine. So no uh, no, no club plus today. I want to thank you very much for being here today. I want to thank you for being part of a revolution that officially has both sports talk radio stations very worried, and they should be, because the guys that they used to employ, who were the best guys that they employed, are now employed by themselves and kicking them in their, in their dicks. It's good to be a dick kicker. It really is. Thank you, Damon. You rock. Well, thank you, Dave. You rock too. Can we get an Annie drop? You know what? Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Yes, you can. 
Thank you very, very much for being here today. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And I always like to remind you at the end of each and every show that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.